folks, welcome back to another Power Passion Podcast. This is, of course, episode 30. Yeah, it is. It's episode 30. We're 30 years old. 30, 30 episodes old. Yeah, but don't you feel 30 after the amount of episodes? Close, I'm in? closer to 30. Don't make 30. Right. I can feel the wrinkles already. I need some therapy. Which is why we brought on hypnotherapy. Yeah, we have, we have. Therapy. To uh, cure our aging so from doing so much podcasting. So, Pete, of course, you've been on the podcast before, but of course, me and you have never met until roughly That's about right. 15, 10 minutes ago. So, yeah. um, first of all, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and to the folks at home who might not uh, have watched that episode. Just to reiterate. Cool. So, yeah, my name is Peter, Peter mm-hmm. Palmer, or Hypno Pete, if you already know me. So I'm a clinical hypnotherapist based mm-hmm. in Perth, yep. born and raised in Germany, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm here today to obviously get you guys a bit more information or like maybe deal with misconceptions you might have of what hypnosis is about, what I do, and how it may potentially help to benefit your life as well. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant. And on that, I just want to give a quick quote to the uh, viewers and listeners at home. So hypnosis is a normal and natural way of knowing your inner self augmenting it with virtues like self-belief. So on that, Peter, because mm-hmm. we've, we've been friends for quite a while. That's right. Now, I suppose just talk about your kind of morning routine of mental priming, using self-hypnosis and how that really sets the tone for your day. Yeah. So as I already said, I do it pretty much daily, every morning in my routine. I prime myself with self-hypnosis. And I guess you guys have tried meditation yourself with us. Yes, yeah. It's a more yeah. common um, way to prime yourself, I guess. And the difference is obviously in meditation, you're more conscious. You focus on your breath. You try to feel nothing, which is a state of emptiness, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And what I do, obviously, self-hypnosis. So hypnosis is more like you go unconscious and you basically prime your subconscious. So your emotional side, so you give yourself affirmations like, I'm very confident, I'm getting better and better, I feel healthy, I'm relaxed. And it kicks in instantly when you're in this mm. state. And that's basically how I set up my day, how I start, and how I get pumped up and energized. Fair enough. It's very, very Tony Robbins like, you know. A little bit, yeah. This is starting, uh, as in the, the level of mental priming and focusing and getting yourself ready for the day. The outcome. The, the yes, outcome, yes. Yes. Not, not the yes. process. Not the yes, process. So, right. how, many, how many hours do you need to just sort of prep yourself to be in a self hypnosis state? And have you ever gotten to the point where you can't get out of like this? self-hypnosis state like you waste a fair amount of your time and you're like oh shit i wasted like a couple of hours more than i needed to well it's not like that actually like when i did the course i got this like self-hypnosis sort of like anchored to myself so i'm right. in there in three seconds i close my eyes i have like a sort of speak a little quote i'm instantly in there and i can instantly leave it as well so that's oh, right hours at all. okay cool yeah. cool yeah because because on that, I suppose some people do tend to get in. I know with meditation, mm-hmm. a lot of people use it as kind of like a social status points thing. They say, Well, how many hours did you do, Harry? <laughs> I meditated for six I hours. I'm such a good meditator. I'm like the best meditator. meditator. I'm yeah. doing yoga as well in, in, in collaboration yeah. to my meditation. And I'm going to tell you, Are you I, drinking I, a chai latte I too? am the best meditator and yoga master ever. I mean, literally, I should just, I should literally be teaching the people in India. I really should. Exactly. So, so <laughs> where, where do you want to take the business of Hypno P and how is it growing currently? How's it going? So I'm just doing a part at the moment, but I'm getting there. And um, my goal actually is I love traveling as well. So I like to practice it in a traveling way. Okay. And ideally, I want to work with people into personal development, so entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that are basically already sort of on the ground, they're hustling, they're hitting their goals, they're doing the things that are necessary but are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but are still like held back by the emotional side. Maybe you guys know it yourself, you, you try yeah. to hit a goal and you like, like emotionally you suffer. And obviously, when you bring your subconscious mind aligned with your conscious mind, you can move faster 
more efficient and yeah, much true. more more joy. So yeah. that's my ideal goal to help people that actually already sort of try to create the life that it really wants mm. and make the obstacles that are there less to get there. Yeah, I, everyone from Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and I suppose Bill Gates at one stage when they were, Bill Gates that is obviously at one stage, these all these figures work hectic hours, they make top level decisions yeah, exactly. and they do grind very hard. Exactly. Now this does take a toll on a person's conscious and subconscious mm. mind. So I can see how the effects of hypnotherapy will work. Now, Yagarian therapy, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. Yagarian, yeah. yeah. How would you define that? How, what, what is that? So it's basically a, it's also a subconscious approach of like dealing with traumatic experiences, etc. but it's non-hypnotic. So there's a small percent of people that are not hypnotizable. Mm -hmm. That's the people that are, let's say, very in their head or very controlling, mm -hmm. or where there's literally so much traumatic, like, pain accumulated that the subconscious mind doesn't want to go into the trance. Mm. It happens sometimes. And this method basically works with pretty much everyone. And basically, it, it, um, it's an, by an American guy called Dr. Ed Jaeger. He sadly passed away a month ago, by the way. Mm. Age of 96 years age. Oh, good innings. Good innings, yeah. Yes. And what it basically is, it's like he found out that there's a third instance in your brain called like a high intelligence next to your conscious and your subconscious. Okay. And mm -hmm. that's the one you're working with. When, for example, ask you now, tell me a number. Five. What do you think made the decision to say five right now? Uh, probably because I think most people pick between five and seven, from what I've read. I don't it know. came like this, okay. right? It came intuitively, right? Intuitive, yeah, yes, of course. That's this high intelligence. Of course. Oh, it's okay. It's sort of like, intuitive, like an intuitive intelligence. Oh. And in this like method, you work with that, and it's able to basically um, find any sort of reconditioning in your brain, like sort of allergies, mm. depression, anxiety, chronic pain as well, mm, yeah. and it's able to recondition that. Because look, I'm pretty sure, because psychology is kind of the, the large field, and hypnotherapy mm. is like an, an offshoot, a yeah, practical, of practical set of tools within yes. psychology. Right. Psychologists have used in the past, Larry, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure psychologists have used free thinking, free association of words to touch on what Peter was just saying there, mm. when it comes to things that are on the subconscious mind that we don't realize yeah. to bring the light. And of course, being a, a more psychology uh, sort of understanding of philosophy, particularly Freudian, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Yeah. So, of course, Freud himself believed at least a little bit in hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. How do you relate that to people in psychology? And, um, you know, you, you said earlier that there's some patients that, um, with other techniques of hypnotherapy, they because they're so traumatized, they can't really reach that trance-like state. Yeah. And this particular method of the Hungarian uh, hypnotherapy mm -hmm. can help them reach that state. Has there been a point where, in the best of your knowledge, you've reached somebody with another technique and they honestly were just too traumatized and you felt like you couldn't deal with them? I'm just quick you on that. So it's not, it's not hypnotherapy at all. It's right. a completely different approach. Right, it's okay. Not Okay. And you don't have to reach the at the set of tracks. Okay, basically, okay. That's okay. it works with everyone. All you have to do right. is basically you have to work with some sort of imagination. Uh, then I work with these high intelligence. Okay. But you don't have to get into the tracks. Yes. So this Yugarian therapy focuses on treating addiction, anxiety, chronic anger, depression, chronic pain, yep. irrational and fear. And that, that's something I, yeah. I want to elaborate on, irrational fear. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people have irrational fear now. Fear of clowns. I don't know whether that's irrational after watching <laughs> it, the movie, but 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 enlighten me. I so oppose. How how would say for instance? I don't know. I was scared of parrots for some reason. 
Yeah. I'm not. But but if I was scared of parrots, how would you talk to me? And then see, look, there's a parrot. I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> so that's what I, I would get to, like, obviously, I would, like, sort of prepare you, would tell you how the whole thing works, what you have to do. Yeah. And then it's a very quick, simple method where you basically just have to imagine, basically, an element where this high intelligence can ride on. Okay. And do the process from there. So it's, it's super simple. You don't have to do too much. All you have to do is you tell me what this higher um, intelligence rides on this element, and okay. I work with that. It sounds probably a bit, so, a bit crazy. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't think it is that crazy because it's very, I suppose, pertinent to visualize the image. Yeah. And concentrate on, I suppose, how your cognitive functioning is experiencing a moment and then, I suppose, detracting the irrational fear from one's mind by communicating this with the higher consciousness if I'm trying to get this correct in a hypnotherapist sense, right? Um, you correct me if I'm wrong. It's, you may I'm completely be... making that up. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's right. So as, as a client yourself, you don't really, you sometimes don't even aware what the issue is. All you feel is just like you see, obviously, the numbers or the, the elements I work with on the elements. Yeah. On the, on the, on the, what is it? On the elements. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... All you, you just feel like within your body, you feel the change instantly. Like you feel like it gets more light, whatever the issue is. You feel your shoulder pain instantly fade yeah. away. So that's yeah. sort of what you feel. But you don't really are uh, often aware of what the actual issue is. Okay. It's sort of like an approach where compared to hypnosis, what I do regression therapy, where you also find out what the reason was. And that, or with this treatment, sometimes when someone was really, like something really horrible happens, where it's even better that they don't know what it was, mm. then this method is even more likely to be used. Right. Basically, protect them from actual facts that could hurt them more. Mm. Like, talking about rape, abuse, those sort of like scenarios. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I suppose, how is your approach different to other hypnotherapists without giving away any kind of, I suppose, state secrets? Because I understand that with any business, it's very competitive and yeah, I mean, you need <laughs> to maintain your unique selling proposition. But what's different, I suppose, about you yourself? I know, I, I I'm a dear friend of yours, so I like you. I know a lot of people that, that, that like Larry obviously likes you, you know what I mean? But, but, but I suppose what's the practice and how? Yeah. So many other hypnotherapists solely work with affirmations. Okay. So maybe you try yourself in like a meditative state to give yourself affirmations like I'm confident, I'm this and that. Which works, but it's nothing to actually solve a trauma. Mm. You know, all it really is to make it very simple, let's say you have a knife stuck in your arm. Sure. Symbolizing trauma. And then when you go to a hypnotherapist that works solely with affirmations, all he does is he chucks some herbs in there so it numbs. So it feels like it's, it's done, but the knife is still in there. Sure. What I'm about is like a regression therapy, so where basically deal with the trauma, remove the knife, chuck the herbs a lot extra so it heals for good. Mm. But it's nothing, it's not a quick fix, you know, it's something mm. that lasts. That's the difference right. compared to others. If that makes mm. sense. No, no, it makes, no, it makes complete sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, complete sense. sense. So how much, I suppose, what brings you to this point? Because you've done a lot of traveling, you've done That's a lot right. of self-development. Yeah. I suppose, where have you gone to? What have you experienced and what do you glean from it? And, and how does that make you the person that's so passionate about hypnotherapy today? That's a good point. So I left Germany about five or six years ago. I was a uni dropout. I was pretty depressed at the time. just needed a change, needed to get away. So I did something very common when you're young in Germany, you go to Australia and you work on holiday visa. Yeah, uh, so, right. <laughs> so I came to the East Coast to Melbourne at the time, traveled around there for a year. And even though I was traveling, having fun, after a while, I don't know if you guys have traveled yourself much, 
you know, mm. hostels, partying. Only for brief periods of time. I've never done the backpacking thing. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done the backpacking. I haven't done that. So it's a very special lifestyle where you obviously party a lot, you drink, you live from cheap food, you stay in, in sure. like dorm rooms. Mm. It's fun for a while, but after a while, you realize you can't live like that forever. And I realized I need to do something, but um, then I realized actually after the fun period, I still, I was in a tunnel of beauty, but yeah. I had no like life, I didn't know where I was going, and that can be a very scary place as mm. you guys know. So I realized I was probably trying to run away from things, which as you know, doesn't really work. So yeah. after traveling for a while, I'm getting more and more depressed, being in New Zealand on a beautiful lake in a city called Queenstown, okay. I realized I was staying in this beautiful crystal clear blue water and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I feeling shit and everyone around me is so happy? Mm. And I realized like, I got a face this so I did a scary thing. I booked a flight back home to Korea or Germany. It was winter as well. So I went back home, moved back into my parents' house actually. And I remember this moment, I was back in my bedroom where I grew up and I looked out the window and maybe it's probably a snowy hill and literally like a, a still life of stagnation. For like a minute, nothing happened. I looked out there. Oh, so, so, so just, just to put this in context, so yeah. life froze for a moment. Like the it was, actually, seeing... it was winter. So oh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was actually frozen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a good point. Like, yeah, I yeah. literally I saw this. And he saw it, like, you were perceiving the moment, like no. But no. I think I think he means it in both the metaphorical. Yeah, and yeah. The yeah. Sense. yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, okay. you went further already. So yeah. I was going to say like it's sort of like the strap how I felt. I felt as like a frozen stagnation as well. So I was like, what am I actually doing here? What am I? Where am I going? Mm. What what is what is life about? You know, so I went through a deep crisis actually, and then someday hypnosis just popped into my life, and I was at a point where I just wanted to do anything to get out of the state. Mm. So I went to this treatment, got treated like for an hour. I was skeptical myself. Like I went there, the guy told me like hypnosis, yada yada yada. He was even using like an amulet, sure. maybe not from the classic like sure. short hypnosis. You are in my power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I was like. Of course, like you're gonna help me, of course. Yeah. And then, like, I left this property, jumped into my car, and like, the switch came through me, life came through me, and I was like, what the fuck's happening? Drove to a shopping mall, tried to process the whole thing from a logical point. Yeah, okay. And that for the first time I realized, because I was still in the same state, like, at the time I was using dropouts, didn't have much money, no idea where to go. Mm. It was still the same, like, circumstance externally was still the same. But I realized the only thing that changed and I'm happy now is my thoughts at a subconscious level. So it hit me just so deep where I was like, if that still lasts tomorrow and I wake up the same like I'm today, yeah. I'm going to not listen to this. And it happened. It lasted and I was like, I'm doing this. And two years later, here I am. There you go. That's a very <laughs> intense story. I'm glad it happened because I feel like everyone has a moment in their life where, whether it be a near-death experience, a religious encounter, something that happens... <laughs> spouse they, it doesn't really matter right there's a defining moment at, or defining moments per se in each of our lives I, I like Pete how your story involves sort of a mundane everyday occurrence that would have yeah. been and then you came to realise that whilst there might have been beauty there there was something more that you wanted yeah, and exactly. so you, you, saw that, you saw out an external source that perhaps on a, on a whim you might not have but you took a chance so, yeah so, that's right Something that um, I think people do really just undervalue is taking a chance on life and seeing where it leads you. That's right. Yeah. Most people like to stay right in the comfort of distraction and keep drinking, and, mm. but someday it hits you anyway. So yeah, yeah. You can't run away from that. Let's talk about that, right? So smoking and drinking. Yeah. Now, this is all an illusion, correct? It doesn't, like, for example, I was reading a book today, and I'll get the image on the screen. I cannot remember the title for the life of me right now, but I promise that I'll get the book up. Mm -hmm. I know a person who can get the book up. Anyway, so more to the point, it was a book on smoking. 
And within this book, this guy was a smoker for 30 years, trying to get over it. So he pretty much went through it, got through the smoking addiction, talked to the experts, wrote the book. But within it, it talks about the fact that smoking doesn't actually decrease stress. Actually, increases it. Actually, has a lot to do with boredom mm-hmm. and the illusion that if you smoke a cigarette, you're going to be Clint Eastwood, or if you smoke a cigarette <laughs> and you're a woman, you're going to be more sophisticated, or if you smoke a cigarette, you know you're going to, I suppose, be more focused or something. This is all an illusion created by society. But this intoxication with cigarettes and alcohol, mm-hmm. how does one's conscious mind or subconscious mind, rather, whatever's battling each other inside our minds. How do we get past this habit when it comes to treating those people? With Muslims, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's different reasons, like as you said, for drinking, smoking. There's different reasons why people take a cigarette or you want a bottle, whatever it may yeah. be. So often it's stress. It's usually just suppressing the feelings. So smoking as well as drinking are um, emotional habits. So yeah. consciously you know already you're doing harm to your body, mm. but you still do it anyway. Maybe you have sm- uh, friends who said, I'm not quit smoking. Two minutes later, they're outside. Mm. Right. It's it's a hard thing to do consciously to stop it. Yeah. And the incentives to give up high though, because within this book there was about fifty thousand pounds in the nineteen nineties. Pounds in the nineties. So you think about that fifty thousand pounds per year if you gave up smoking then, and the cost of cigarettes is exponentially very high now. Yeah. Time value of money. I can only I need to crunch the numbers, but I would make a very bold assumption in saying that, that you'd save a lot of money from not smoking. Yeah, absolutely. You'd sure. probably pay off your hex debt. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Even yeah. like if you pack a, a smoke a pack, a pack of tailors a day, it's pretty much seven to ten grand a year. Crazy that you waste through my health. It's insane. Mm. So, yeah. So, when it comes to the conscious and subconscious mind, so how do we distinguish between the two? So, the conscious one is obviously more the logical part. It makes decisions that is able to reject information. And then the subconscious more the emotional side, which is 95% of your being, so to speak. Like all lies with body processes, digestion, breathing. Obviously, breathing is not you do consciously, it happens mm. all So that's yeah. controlled by your subconscious. Mm. I'm, glad, then, I'm glad that breathing is, is, is a natural, normal thing that happens. Yeah. Is that what I think about? <laughs> and you <laughs> breathe, and then you stop breathing, and it's like, yeah, you shouldn't um, make a mistake too often. No, you shouldn't. No. Um, <laughs> so, there's one instance that perhaps you can control your breathing pattern just at least a little bit more yeah, when yeah. you have the hiccups yeah. sort of thing. Like, That's obviously, right. you want to control the way you're breathing yeah, a little bit yeah. more. So, I guess it's uh, the ability of your conscious to override your subconscious sometimes, and sometimes your subconscious to override your conscious. Yeah, sometimes. Basically, recently I read a book called um, Everything is Fucked Up. I think you. Mark Manson? Yes, yeah, everything right. is, I'll believe this. Well, everything fucked. is fucked, yeah. Anyways, he basically says, like, human beings, we are like, like the, the, the part that drives the car is the subconscious, sure. and we're just consciously trying to yes. remember it. Yes, within that book, if I remember correctly, Mark Manson describes the fact that really what happens is the, hypoth- the, hypoth- the hypothalamus within the brain, yeah. there we go, that's one controls your emotional brain and, and it's literally just the logical and rational mind that's keeping the emotional mind happy. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Right. Most of the time. So, yeah, it's, it's not to say that human beings are flawed by that, but you do need to keep check with the habits that you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Like, you don't reach a fulfilled life, you just follow your, your, like your, your will for comfort and emotions. Like, if you always feel like eating chocolate, you're not going to get yeah. ripped, obviously. So you have to 
consciously sometimes make an effort to break that comfort zone as well. So it's not, it's yin, there's no yin or yang, obviously, right? Like, to get a fulfilled life, there's nothing, there has to be balance between conscious and subconscious, mm. between yeah. giving yourself comfort sometimes and sometimes breaking that comfort zone to reach a goal, to do what you have to do, which is not always comfortable. Yeah, so that's no, thing. absolutely. I, I like Pete how you said there's no real yin and yang, because there might be the hypnotherapists that want to take this sort of uh, Eastern uh, mysticism and philosophy behind uh, or try and incorporate that into hypnotherapy and mm -hmm. it might sound a little bit like alternative medicine much like um, I suppose uh, acupuncture or mm -hmm. even some sort of Chinese medicines or Far Eastern medicines <laughs> I suppose hypnotherapy has more of a foundation in trying to reach a more mental space in a more physical sense would you, would you more, yeah. that? It is to a degree also like a mm. more spiritual alternative, but how to do with that. Yeah. yeah. So you don't always take a, a spiritual uh, aspect to your hypnotherapy. You don't really try to inject some sort of philosophy behind the hypnotherapy other than Not you need to get yeah. better uh, for the sake of your health sort of thing. It's literally just that as opposed to like, yes. well, yes. you know, you need to achieve eternal balance in your life because yeah. you're being so, yes. different to your chi and uh, it, it things of that nature. Yeah, because you know, I, I, I would, I, I would, it's dangerous to make assumptions, make some ass out of you and everyone here, yeah. those you and me, but when it comes to it, I suppose if there was a religious person that, mm. you know, seeks your services, mm. then I suppose there would be some sort of... Uh, <coughs> Consulting with mm -hmm. with how they were experiencing the hypnosis, mm -hmm. and I suppose the rewording of language in order to understand how you would, I suppose, as a hypnotherapist, articulate it as higher intelligence, and them yes. understanding that as being God. That's right. That's or why you just you just call it central. You put a neutral name. I call it central in the method, so no one actually feels discriminated. Away. Sorry, what was it? Central. That's what I call it. like central. Central. Be called okay. high intelligence. Yeah, central. Okay. It's a neutral. Term, cool. which doesn't offend anyone, mm. exactly as I said, sometimes people have... Have you had to uh, interview, or you know, had a hypnotherapy session with um, somebody who was extremely religious, and they came out of the session and came back to you and like, oh, you put Satan into my mind, or something like that. Not really Has like anything like that happened, or are you expecting that in the future? Actually, quite funny, my, one of my grandmas is very religious, and she called mm. me a witcher. You're a witcher. <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'm a obviously, but yeah. As you already said, like some people that are very religious, also a few friends who are very strictly Christians, mm. they can't really deal with it. So are you a bit, you kind of like the boogeyman, the hocus pocus. Well, yeah. 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 So even though you yourself are not particularly uh, religious, religious and probably maybe you're right. agnostic or atheist, if I had to make a guess, or yeah, I guess. So yeah. Believe in the universe, karma. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sort of sure, yeah. sure. So I guess some more Eastern philosophical point. But anyway, uh, so you, there's still this sort of stigma behind the hypnotherapy as being quite mysticism, being quite witchcraft, yeah, being quite hocus-pocus and, and, and magician. I, I, and again, this comes to actual you know, Las Vegas magicians performing yeah, hypnotherapy. I would just like to mention before we dive into that, mm. we will, is that Pete, you know, outside of his hypnosis, I know as a friend, mm. Your experiences of it after we filmed this podcast mm. is a very grounded person. Yeah. So, so although some people could misconstrue the mysticism or, or dismiss it, I don't think so. Because I know Peter, and I can attest to this, that Peter is, is very good at what he does. But more to the point, when it comes to the skepticism or what Larry is talking about, 
how do you, your, your question was how do you counteract it? Yeah, how do, how do you supposedly get through that sort of uh, stigma, that sort of um, stereotype of a hypnotherapist being... Um, Mind controller. Yeah, or, 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 yeah. yeah, or even a, just a plain snake oil salesman sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. So if someone obviously is really skeptical, usually I would never treat it, but mm. usually everyone knows hypnosis, so was I once, solely mm. from short hypnosis. Yeah. And then I just basically usually give them a demonstration, I just talk, tell them that even if I was asked for critical details, we'd never give them to me. Because when you understand, I hypnotized you in the first session, you were still perfectly conscious, I guess, you heard everything normally. I perfectly conscious. I've been yeah. hypnotized by you twice. The first oh, time right. I was on the Sorry. podcast, the second time I was going through some stuff because I thought I saw my ex-girlfriend in the nightclub. Oh, right. um, <laughs> but, but beyond that, I, I am very... Uh, I'm defensive of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But in the moment, I do feel as though if I was completely allowing you to hypnotize... And that's the, the that's, key point. The, the person needs to give consent to be hypnotized. Exactly. Then I'm well aware of its effects because even when I was giving into it in the second experience, which was not recorded, it was off air, mm -hmm. I did feel a sense of calm relief because yeah. you were talking me through some vivid imagery which would put me in a calm, tranquil state of mind. Yeah, and it's exactly what I needed at the time. Yeah. I Whether it's a process then and there, maybe not. My mind's a little bit like that. It processes things after the fact. Right. Mm. You like to analyze things once yeah. that happens. You read the historian like that, but it has to be immediate history, otherwise it's not that interesting. That's right. As you said, it only works if you actually, once you go into a submissive state, but you have to allow the guidance to happen, otherwise it doesn't mm. work. That's correct. That's why, with short hypnosis, like, I'm not an expert with that, but sometimes you see like someone sitting there, their hands like this, and like, yeah, I'm not going to close me, and it touches the forehead, and they're like, yeah. You ask yourself how, like, I'm not an expert to this, but I just say, from my perspective, it doesn't look like this. Right. It so, wouldn't work like this. Right, right. So on that, Larry wanted to ask this one. How do we, well, you can ask it, how do we, you know, tap into the... Oh, how do we, yeah, how does the average person just tap into their subconscious mind, and can you do that willingly? You could, but I guess you both watch TV sometimes, maybe not so often, but... Yeah, sometimes when an advert comes through with like chocolate, you ever went to the fridge? Sometimes. Nice. That's the step of It's trends. funny, I feel like I need to be advertised at least five times. But it has to be a good chocolate ad, too. Right. <laughs> like, it can't be one of these modern chocolate ads where they're just right. like dancing in the street and then, oh, they do a thing and it's like, oh, it's some chocolate. And it's like, I, I might go, my, my mind is a little bit whack with this, so I might get advertised a late night television advert. <laughs> And then, you know, I might end up getting a related product. Yeah, so, yeah. Probably. There's one thing that maybe you can relate a little bit to, Pete, is is there something occasionally that pops into your head, like an old TV jingle or an old song from your childhood, and you're like, what the fuck is that there? So <laughs> it just comes Yeah, yeah does, so does that happen to everybody, obviously? I but, so, yes. yeah. but can a hypnotherapist say to themselves, listen, I'm never going to listen to that jingle ever again, and then, <laughs> kind of so again, then it's just gone, it's deleted. I to be honest, I can't, all I want to say yes or no, yeah. Yeah, obviously, but... Um, as you already said, like with trans, for example, kids. So mm. at a certain age, you don't have a conscious mind. Mm. Yeah. So they're just constantly sort of like just exploring, playing, and they're constantly in a trance. Mm. Like, you know, like they're sitting there on whatever the sofa, then imagine like some witches running through the forest. Cool, and yeah. it's, that's pretty much a yeah. trance there. So that's, for them, they're much easier to advertise. Mm. Once you get older and the conscious mind kicks in and more logical like elements, then it's more difficult to come to this trance shit by yourself. But it's possible, for example, when you watch TV, mm. but it is generally by yourself pretty tricky. The funny thing is, like, I feel as if Larry and I were writing for a day, 
just mm. focusing on our books, right? Mm. Independently. And you got us after that. Yeah, you hypnotised the heck out of us. Because but you I would be in a more, more <laughs> creative <laughs> kind of mindset. Yeah, more susceptible. Yeah, but, but, so, yeah, mindset, yeah. yeah. And also you're kind of exhausted and that's what sure. Pete takes his prey and it's like, yes, yeah. you're exhausted. No, 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 no. Um, so so, more, more exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you go on. You can ask the next one if you really What want a gentleman, to. what a gentleman. So I just want to make mention of the fact that hypnotherapy was founded uh, by, or modern day hypnosis, however, started in the 18th century. It was made by, popular by Franz Mesmer, a German physician who came to be known as the father of modern hypnotism. Yeah, in fact, hypnosis used to be known as uh, Mesmerism, which was his last name. So... I just wanted to add that factoid in there. When it comes to the teaching yeah. of hypnotherapy, Pete, mm-hmm. how was that? Tell us a bit about that experience. It was insane. It was like a mixture of pretty much the course and the treatment. Like we got treated ourselves with doing like a daily like math trance, so to speak. We got like the stuff most I talked about earlier anchored within us. So it was like a learning and treatment experience at once. It was phenomenal. Was yeah. Saying. The guy mm-hmm. I went to there's a guy called Dr. Norman Pretz. I guess you and you guys would not know him, but um, he's the most famous hypnotherapist in Germany. We'll get an image up on the screen right now yeah, and yeah. they can look at the links for life. There we go. Like, he's also like, he's traveling to the States as well. He has guests flying over from America, therapists, and like, just the best. Does it the best, honestly. He's been doing it for over 20 years. He's been on TV everywhere. Everyone knows him pretty much in Germany. Okay. And yeah, the seminar was just absolutely stunning. Like, it's, it's hard to put in words, but literally in the morning, you would go through the theory and everything just so on point. Like, I mean, right. you know how this information get overwhelmed quickly. Yeah, and yeah. In the morning, you learned everything that you have to do, and then at night, you would be practicing and hypnotizing people. And then there's something like, how the hell is that happening so efficiently? Mm. It's just perfect in time. Like, I was so nice for this. It's very pertinent to mention because it's all well and good relying on theory, intellectualizing, but you actually have to do things. Exactly. Because yeah. you can't learn otherwise. Well, I find I'm a very kinesthetic learner. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, Pete. Is there a way to just tap into your subconscious mind? Uh, can people do it at will? And Larry, like, Larry really wants like, to tap into it. No, I'm just saying, can you have like superpowers whenever you want? Them? Like, <laughs> what is it? What, what can you do with your subconscious? Uh, does your subconscious do something it wants to do with you, sort of thing? Is it really something you can control? Control, well, obviously, we're going to do self most which are usually um, anchored to my clients, then they obviously mm-hmm. can go to that state themselves. Right. And I guess you guys both heard about the law of attraction. Yes. So what yes. you can do, obviously, um, you can obviously emphasize to yourself, like, I'm becoming successful at X, Y, Z. I'm right. becoming, making that amount of money. I'm mm-hmm. traveling the world. So you can basically emotionally create a picture daily and prime yourself consciously and it finds the direction. Like, it's like and, a compass sort of... And move towards it, more importantly. Right? Exactly. I, think, I think a lot of people get confused with this, right? And mm-hmm. I want to bring this up. When people hear, oh, the law of attraction, this is not just visualizing it. You well. gotta yeah. leave the house. This isn't the secret, mate. You just can't like be like, yes, I will be successful right in the day. Look under no. your chairs. It's a new car. Sorry, so everybody. So I guess, what are some ways in which you can tap into your subconscious? Just for people at home, other than perhaps seeing a, a hypnotherapist or taking uh, these sorts of things. Are there other ways, like perhaps like subliminal affirmations or perhaps trance music or meditation music? Or is there anything like that that you would use in your professional I guess, opinion? like, 
meditation comes close to it, mm. especially like a guided meditation, that sort of mm -hmm. comes to the direction of like hypnosis. Mm -hmm. But other than that, by yourself, it's, it's a little difficult. Otherwise, right. it wasn't a need for me, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I suppose I'd love to ask this to you, Pete. Now, yeah, yeah. once you're in that hypnotic trance, because yeah. whilst I'm meditating in the morning, I try and recognize how my mind works, what yeah. thoughts popping in and out, yeah. the patterns, so I can become more self-aware with myself, mm -hmm. understand uh, what are useful thoughts, and I just interpret, I suppose, bad thoughts as creative energy and things that I can reflect in my creative works. Mm -hmm. okay. So I, I, I'm pretty neutral on thinking that, that they're bad per se. However, when we were earlier talking, we were talking about, you know, things that, were, that people tend to repress. Mm -hmm. I do feel sometimes that sometimes I'll have like a word pop into my head. I'm like, oh, what was that? I don't understand that word. I'll look it up. Mm -hmm. And then I'll understand it. And once I understand the definition of the word, it's really funny because I, I'll say, oh, I was a little bit flipped out by that word. Mm -hmm. Then I understood the definition. I'm like, I'm like okay, well, that's fine. Because it's like maybe 5% of me, but it's not the entirety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, back to my question, yeah. is that how do you in a hypnotic state recognize your own cognitive functioning and, and the thoughts that pop in and out of your head and quieten them, obviously. So you want to achieve mental clarity, mm -hmm. right? That's, I guess, the main difference. Like, obviously, meditation is awareness. So you're, okay. aware of, you're aware of your thoughts, you're conscious. Mm -hmm. You're focusing your breath, you like taking the thoughts that are swimming by without judging them. Exactly. And self-hypnosis is the opposite, it's like you're unconscious. So you don't mm -hmm. actually listen to what's going on in your head, you just basically implement things to like influence your thoughts subconsciously. Okay. So it's, it's not the same, it's a different. Oh, so, so you're difference. training yourself mentally whilst you're in that hypnotic state of mind? To a degree, yes. Yeah. So you basically, instead of like, um, sort of exploring what is there, you you add positivity. Okay, okay. So you add what you want to add, obviously. I see. Because because within that state it goes directly to the subconscious mind. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's the difference. We have like this like critical factor, like the part of your conscious that like um, rejects information, for instance, so to speak. As well, like when I say to someone who's very like low self esteem, I tell them you're very confident, then it doesn't fit into this wiring, and then yeah. this conscious like this like critical factor is like no, this part is not accepted. Yeah. That's why consciously sometimes it's harder to change yourself emotionally. And in the trends that basically this critical factor is, so to speak, put to the side, so you can actually implement mm. thoughts, good thoughts as well, to rebalance the, the like, negative... Larry, what's results. your experience, I suppose, with mysticism, spirituality, personally? I feel as though it might be a bit more philosophical knowing you, and you might just be reflecting and pondering, I don't know, maybe reading Voltaire and feeding the pigeons in a park, I have no, no idea. Uh, it's more or less, yeah, my understanding of hypnotherapy yeah. comes from... Uh, Freudian psychological sure. practices, and of course, Jung as well, and all the uh, Vienna studies yeah, of psychology. psychology. Yeah. yeah. So, my understanding is that yes, it can be incredibly helpful yeah. for certain patients, yeah. um, certain clients as well. I have a particular fascination for mm. uh, psychology, and mm. you know, the history of hypnotherapy is interlinked and interwoven into psychology quite frequently. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I myself have never actually done it. Okay. I, don't know if I have the confidence, the time, or the money to really do hypnotherapy. But sure. Pete, if you're happy to give mates rates, yeah, 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 sure, of course. <laughs> I may actually take up a session with Pete and see what, maybe he can like dig around in there and be like, well, that's really fucked up. Let's put something positive yeah. in there. And I was like, that's really that, fucked that's up. Let's put something positive in there. I don't know. Now, now Pete, uh, taking a little bit of a, a U turn yeah. just for a moment and that's onto right. something else, when it comes to that, 
I suppose, Larry inferred my next topic, which is some psychologists uh, in the past yeah. have used techniques. And I wonder if there's any relational links to hypnotherapy. Because mm -hmm. obviously psychology is the branch umbrella term. What they would do, and I, I joke about this with Larry now because we're just playing with the mm -hmm. term. So, so I said, okay, so when, uh, I'll use it on me. So when I feel angry, what I'm supposed to do, the psychologist is supposed to tell me, Mason, put that anger in the chair and scream at it, yell at it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like really primitive kind of methods of, of, of psychology back in the day. Mm -hmm. Now, I suppose what I'm really asking is how did, has hypnotherapy evolved? And what were the things that were kind of like thrown out, like the prehistoric forms of hypnotherapy, and how has it advanced to where it is today? I guess in the past it was more like a bit more, how do you say it, a bit more spiritual than it is today. Okay. So I guess a bit more like unimportant things that were like a bit more like about imagination and like maybe with like fantasy elements that were removed. But today, like at least the method that I do is just something very grounded and basic, yeah. nothing that's like. So it went away from the kind of magician kind yeah, of the, outfit to a more yeah, clinical, like, yeah, myth, myth sort of magic side. Yeah, I don't imagine it's a guy in a hut with a big stick. No, not for like that. My words. Um, <laughs> and I don't imagine there's any fumes or there might be fragrances or essence that maybe like just calm the person to get them into a good frame of mind. I don't know. People. I don't use that. No, okay. All I sort of use is like, it's just sort of the channel because I don't speak to you. It's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, see, that can be for a lot of people, that can be very refreshing, you know what I mean? It's just having somebody to talk to, much like a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. where you're just sitting in two chairs like two adults. But oftentimes, do you have to lie your, um, your patient down, let's say, uh, or lie the client down, just let them relax? Or, you know, like... Yeah. You can technically also do it standing, but usually as a chair or like a sofa, you can lay it off if you like to, if right. people just sit. Mm. But once you say like psychologist, um, it's different. It's not that I talk with them much. Like in the mm -hmm. first session, you do a bit of like preliminary, you talk about the issues, you mm -hmm. build trust and like a connection. Yeah. But the actual process itself is not you talking to me, it's just you being in the state and I, mm -hmm. we do the work together, but you just relax. Mm -hmm. So for you, it's a pure holiday. Right, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Sure. So what's, what are the most frequent therapy sessions that people want or one of the frequent results that they want from a hypnotherapy session? What I treat the most? Like what sort yeah. of sections you mean? Yeah, yeah. what, what um, they want treated. Like, oh, I'm exhausted all the time and I have this big work schedule, I can't just break it, but can't I have this get hour. The Can you just give me the energy <laughs> to keep going? Yeah. Is that, I imagine yeah. that might be one of them. Uh, the main topic I would say is probably smoking. Mm -hmm. what I'm tackling right now because here in Australia, obviously, it's very expensive mm -hmm. and there's so many people that want to quit and try it like cold turkey, try it nicotine fasters, all the yeah. classical medical like approaches, which I'm not saying it don't work, like I'm not judging very anything. Uh, it is, yes, and yeah. So that's the most common you one. You got nicotine? I want some nicotine. You got nicotine? I believe nicotine is not addictive. Obviously, the seven dwarfs were wrong. Sorry, that's what the industry tells you. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that and I guess anxiety, like with the time of social media, loneliness is increasing, so anxiety yeah. is a big topic. So have you, I mean, in your experience, have you noted possibly with other hypnotherapists, I don't know how well you guys collaborate, but you do ever talk about like, wow, we're seeing like real boom in anxiety in people nowadays, and have they experienced that? And that brings me to another question when you answer that. Kind of, so like I'm talking with like other therapists around the world, also in Germany, yeah. like policy cinema, etc. And exchange like information mm -hmm. with clients. Sometimes you come to a point where you maybe have a special client we don't know what to do, so you ask for more experience. So mm -hmm. exchange information all the time. Yeah. Life is a constant growing and learning process, you know, in yeah. any field you never perfect. Yeah. Perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. So um 
Yeah, what's the question? The, the next question I have is, <laughs> uh, and you did answer it, but like, there must be like these hypnotherapy conventions, like uh, Hypnocon or something like that. Like, like <laughs> yeah, everybody's got like booths and they're like, I don't know, trying yeah. to sell you fake watches. Yeah. Or I, like I, I, I can imagine it very vividly right now. You enter. There's a, a guy in a lab coat. Yeah. You all sit down, you drink some green tea, you get primed, mm. and then you begin. No, and then he, no, no, then no, he gives no, you no. two fake rods, and they're like, Take one has a positive energy, and the other one has a yeah. negative energy, yeah. and you're like, try and join it. Is it like I, that? I, 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 want to make, I want to make reference to the fact that I did the exact same thing with a psychologist. If a psychologist was here, I will make Rip the, the same. Shit out of no, I'll make, I'll, make the same, I'll make the same joke. I'll make the same. Anyway, yeah, what are they like? What are they Hypnotherapy conventions. Or conferences. There's something that they like yeah. the, with the dementia I went with every year. They have like a, like a summer fest where everyone gets together, together we exchange stories, etc. Yeah. But other than that, there's no real conventions as such. Like obviously, everyone has different methods, there's different teachers out there. There's like different sort of circles, like our method is the best, that mm. method is the best, whatever. Mm. And within our circle, we have like sort of like these like festivals where we, or these festivals, it's like where we gather and exchange information for like a beer and just exchange stories, etc. Yeah. And concepts. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to some of the misconceptions, mm -hmm. how do you go about debunking those mainly? What's so... So what would be misconception number one? The biggest misconception. Stealing thoughts, I guess. Stealing thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Now, now let's, let's talk through this. Let's... Yeah. Okay, so... How is this, this, I think this can you steal thoughts? Yo, can you stealing my thoughts right now? Really? No. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. What, no, what, what, what number am I thinking about right now? Probably. Oh, it's not a number. See, see exactly. Because I haven't given him percent. Anyway, so so let's 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 shed some light on this. Okay. So when it comes to this, yeah, what would you usually say? I just say it's not the case. I say like you have to agree to be hypnotized. And all I do is I basically get you into a sleepy state and I sort of implement positivity within you. Yeah. So if anything was ever coming up you don't like would be like happy with, you can always leave the state. So you have full control. Brilliant. State. Okay, that, that's a very reassuring thing to know. So for the listeners and viewers at home, on the record, if you are being hypnotized and it is consensual, you are still within control once you're in that hypnotic state of mind, meaning that if you have a thought that is too overwhelming that you don't want to confront, which I mean, I suppose it's part of the process you need to confront yes, it. Have, yes, but right, if right. you were uncomfortable about it and you wanted the process to stop, you're within complete control of it. Yes, you can. So exactly. you can stop it. You can it to stop it. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so misconception number two. What was if there is one? Well, I guess Stephen Cole is the main one other than that. Just generally being scared, like not knowing what it is at all, like not yeah. what it was this. And, the and fear of the unknown. This, this yeah, is a common exactly. thing with most things in life, right? Yeah, we guess, don't yes. know what it is. Yeah. But like, oh, what is that? What's that? That's right. Seriously, what's that noise outside? No, <laughs> no exactly. What is <laughs> it? But I usually uh, just like use simple like um, examples. I say like when you see an iceberg in the ocean, you see five percent yes, yes. above the surface, which is your conscious mind. Mm. And bigger surface like. The, the bigger part is underneath, which is your subconscious mind. Yeah. And all we do is obviously we work with that part underneath the surface. That's always like no, simplified. Absolutely. And Freud would put it as the super ego, the id, the ego, and the conscious mind. And he would actually, uh, well, psychologists today mm -hmm. teach it in a way that depicts that iceberg the exact same way that you were saying yeah. within different phraseology, which I, exactly. in all honesty, it sounds like just different language for the same thing. Oh, no, but I yeah. mean, it must be a more medical aspect to Oh yeah, I mean, like Freud had some interesting views, didn't he? 
yeah, he also did shitloads of cocaine and heroin, but sure. And, and he mostly treated uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yeah, and then he did try to give, um, I believe it was Princess Anne, an actual lobotomy. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, so, we should so, but, talked about uh, more. But. Six Sigmund's family members might still be alive today, so if they are listening, look, he's not around to defend his memory, but hey... If you ever do listen to this, we'd proud be proud to have you on the podcast. Yeah, express your opinion. He's on not the here. He's not defend himself. Hey, you right. have to defend him, obviously. Uh, so come on, the podcast. So we've reached the segment, I suppose. Now, fair to say, Larry, right? Where we're more spontaneous. We're just going. Yeah, we can be more spontaneous. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, okay. So all good. Now, what's the biggest thing you're finding today in life that you have changed, like a habit? Mm. That has made the difference for me. Yeah, yes. nutrition is a big thing. Sure. Mm. I grew up in a cafeteria with stuff and ice cream. My parents also love chocolate, love sweets. Right, right. And they love meat as well. Do you have any good chocolate and sweets though? Swiss is worse. Oh yeah, exactly. Well. <laughs> you guys do the Tim Tams. Is it Australia or? Yeah, we do Tim Tams. Australia's do Tim Tams. Arnott's, right? Arnott's is Australian. Tim, they do Tim Tams. Yeah, they do Tim Tams. I don't know whether Australia. Tim Tams, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we start Australia, right? Yeah. Lamington's Australians, Pavlovas are Australians, and like in New Zealand, peanut butter's not ours anymore, peanut butter's not ours. No, it's It's American, right? It's American, it's Canadian, yeah. Enough about that. So, (laughs) so, (laughs) food, yeah, yeah, food, food. But but that's a very important point, because I want to touch on this, diet does matter, and we are having Joe, Dr. Joe on the podcast soon, by the way, listeners and viewers, and we're going to get into this Mm -hmm. at some stage, we're going to talk about dieting. But from your experience, right, when you're eating more healthily, how do you describe the feeling? Now, this is not to say that, you know, McDonald's or Red Rooster or KFC or any of Zambreros or, you know, you get the picture (coughs) that any of these don't pop into your mind. Of course, yeah. But I suppose with your side hustle, with your business right now as it's growing, you've gained the control to, I suppose, refrain those those thoughts. And even when they come up, you're like, eh. I'm better than that. Exactly. I've, got, I've got to cook some chicken. I'll put some pasta on and some bolognese and, you know, I'll put some fruit in. Larry might have a different perspective on this because he loves the portos. But I do, <laughs> I do acknowledge the fact that Larry is a mean cook of spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. You can do it. Very good cook. Very good cook. Yeah, and it's convenience for me. It's time, time management. I've got other things I want to do. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe I could have a hypnotherapy session where it's like, well, Larry, you need to, you no, you know, to be a better cook and to focus more time on things that I want to do. That would be I'm glad you like, have your podcast, Cooking with Larry. Like Cooking that. with Larry. No, <laughs> I, I've got other things to do with a podcast, mate. Somebody's got to look after this kid. Yeah. That, that's um, good. Actually, wait. Put now, <laughs> you mentioned earlier in the conversation, about the fact that you want to work with entrepreneurs, yeah. high stress, high performance, A type personalities, right? I, yeah. I would assume. I mean, if they're not that, then I don't know how they're going to survive mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. I suppose, how do you talk them out of, I suppose, going too far? Because when a person is approaching burnout, mm-hmm. I find personally that my body just eventually goes nut and you just out like a light and it's fine. Having said this, Long term, the effects on this can be harmful, I find. Yeah. So I do feel as though I reserve days within the week or times to, like you said, I'll meditate or I'll find times to just simply relax. So after this podcast, Larry, you and I will go out and we'll probably enjoy some water, some green tea, and we'll just get really centered and we'll just joke around, we'll laugh. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, we might go to a bar, yeah, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, yeah, I, I suppose, why that group? It's because you, you can relate with your business also, yeah. and, and you feel as though being around those people, you can help them out, and then tenfold, they can help you out in the future, so it's a win-win, mutually yeah. beneficial kind of social thing. That's to a degree, yes, yeah. and generally... Also, for hypnosis, as I said before, there's no yin for the yang. So, also for mm. hypnosis, it's not like I fix the person. They have to want mm. to change. Yeah. Mm. And people that actually like already achieve certain things in their life, there's a higher chance that they're willing to take action to change. Yes. Mm. That's why it's the ideal client on the world with, because they already hit certain goals and mm. just want to optimize and maybe have already a few months in the bank. They have their business running. They look in the mirror and they're just feeling empty. Happens mm. to people. Yeah. There's so many yeah, people yeah. out there that have millions in their account, but mm. they feel money is empty because they're not doing what they love it's just mm. lacking joy and that's yeah. where I come in it, it's, it's funny because like Jordan Peterson right mentioned this in a lecture of his that they can look actually I'll put the link below on the screen yeah, yeah, so he mentions at one point in the psychology lecture one if I remember correctly the title that a personality a human being's personality in general is not really that consistent it's more fluid mm-hmm. it's more like a river it's, to use a metaphor, by the way, Jordan Peterson uses a lot of metaphors, he uses a lot of anecdotes, that's just who he is. Mm. So he's, he's using the river as a metaphor in order to understand that human beings who want to change, grow, learn and improve have to inherently change certain elements of their personality. Mm-hmm. Within the personality, and it's very complicated, there are different aspects of one's personality. This is not to say everyone's got the split kind of thing, you know, in that movie. Mm-hmm. But this is to say that human beings, like we were mentioning earlier, have a conscious mind, they have a subconscious mind. Yeah. And there are things that we learn as children that I suppose would still be applicable now to how we seek validation from people, how we engage with the world, Absolutely, yeah. how our identity forms. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose, what's your thoughts on that metaphor and how do you find that will help you, I suppose, and inspire you to move you forward. Because you, you, it's, it's a lake, and, and going upstream, mm-hmm. higher, better reach purposes, you know, there's beautiful Amazonian depiction, and there's a beautiful sun, you're just going on, and I don't know, maybe you'll become enlightened, but maybe there's a lot of businesses out there, maybe a lot of money, who knows, who knows. Yeah. yeah, I guess as you already said, like, um, as the child, obviously, the conditioning happens, and some people, for example, they make a million actually why is they want to buy love from their mother or their yeah. father yeah so once you said before also with nutrition and overcoming like certain habits of comfort knowing a wild is stronger than eating that burger or eating that chocolate that's the key you need something that's stronger like a will or a reason why you do something that is stronger than your comfortable habits that's simply it that makes sense that's it now like i Guessing as to how long this podcast has been uh, going. I have one more question. Jamie, oh, wait, we're not a Joe Rogan I have one more question for Pete. Um, Go on, Pete. Right. Um, <laughs> what, what is, without divulging too much uh, confidentiality agreements, or I don't know what it is, what yeah. is probably the most interesting case that you've had that somebody would want to change for? So they have a particularly bad habit. What's yes. the most interesting habit that somebody without, Yeah, without naming names. Without naming and names. And I suppose omitting details that they would want to discuss. Yeah. What was the so we have to be pretty vague. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Habit so to speak wasn't the case. Like the, the main one as I said is anxiety, anxiety and yeah. smoking. Anxiety wise, it's just always phenomenal for me to see like how someone comes in, has no confidence, is completely mm. nervous, 
skeptical and not true and then suddenly like they start telling you what to do and mm. you become confident like instantly you just see the change mm. it's just the beauty for me that's why I do it as well like I see someone coming in I treat them and open their eyes and just see the fire the, the gratitude mm. and that's why I do this but I was never really an actual super crazy story yet like yeah no more the specific fetish or anything funny like that right okay my career is still kind of young so if it happens I will let you know no, no, no definitely, definitely. We, 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 we want that story we do we want that story what would you see going when we get that hell yeah we'll see and never said we'll see definitely definitely now I have had a fantastic time this evening I'm sure everyone has had a fantastic time yeah, yeah. listening at home driving working at the gym wherever they're listening to this in the world now okay where can we find you? Where's your website? Where can we find us? Instagram. We've got our website Instagram. down there in the description below for our viewers. Yes. And this is, you pretty much operate on emails and text, right? That's right. So, yeah, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and YouTube. That's where you can find me. Like, mm -hmm. we have content, videos, and my adverts, mostly on Instagram at the moment. Yep. Instagram stories. Yep. But, yeah, mainly Instagram, Facebook. And my right. website, thebluebeats.com. Well, I, I must admit, I don't know whether it's, I think the podcast is a bit of a spiritual experience because every time we're at the end of it, I feel absolutely amazing, but I'm pretty sure it's Pete's presence. Thank you, later. I also like the clicks that Pete keeps doing. Yeah. 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 Is, that, is that something that you picked up uh, from hypnotherapy that you're just like, yeah, I'm going to incorporate that everyday life sort of well, thing? Well, that's a sort of like induction where you do sort of that. It's ah. called quick hypnosis. Maybe it's right. from it. I don't know. Just, right. It's unconscious. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's cool, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so on that point, I would prompt everyone to subscribe, like, and share because it is really important. We do appreciate the fact that we've had so much support this occasion. Mm -hmm. The reason you're listening to this in crystal clear audio right now is the fact that we Recently have got... Exactly. Yeah. And the viewers mm -hmm. and listeners have responded. And look, it's getting better. It is getting better. It's getting better, better and better. And we've got new and exciting things coming up, don't we? We do. We don't give you too much away. Well, we can give a little bit about Go it on. My man, on Monday. On yeah. Monday. Yeah. You can tell me about Monday. We've got a neurologist coming <gasps> up. Ah, we've got a neurologist. We did get a neurologist. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Where's the, the shark biologist? I want to go from neurology to shark biology. Oh, I don't know, man. Oh, She's man. somewhere in the Atlantic. I've got no idea. Right. Cool. <laughs> so anyway, um, so you can send us a, a donation through PayPal and Patreon, guys. And also you get a copy of my uh, my book for free with every generous donation. And obviously every donation is tax deductible, right? Pretty much. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. That's that's free. So you can grab that book. It's great. Um, Larry's read it. Keep mm -hmm. in mind, it's an informed opinion. It's very provocative. And I'll place a trigger warning on that piece of literature that it I might work, read. But still. But get, get, get hypnotised before you read it. Yeah, exactly. Get hypnotised before you read it. Anyway. It's reading much more enjoyable. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and we'll update with you with any, I suppose, paraphernalia merchandise that we have coming up. Right. Yeah. Keep an eye out. It's been a privilege. It's been great. It's been a privilege. It hasn't been white privilege, but it's been, you know, human privilege right here tonight. Stupid. That was corny. No, I'm not going to hang my back. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here.